Welcome to Authentically Becca, a podcast designed to empower and inspire females all around the globe. My name is Becca and I am your host. I am a badass everyday female like yourself who has a huge vision and mission on her heart and I am here to impact as many females around the world as possible. I hope that you can get some value from my next episodes and even some helpful tips and tricks on how to live a life authentically you every single day. So let's dive in. Hey legends and welcome to episode number three of Authentically Becca. It's been a little while um, but we're here, we're back and today I really wanted to talk to you guys about something that affects so many people in the world and in Australia alone and that's mental health. So first of all, I obviously want to put a disclaimer on this episode. Um, We are going to be talking about all things mental health, um, suicide, bullying, and if you uh, do find that this episode may trigger you, then potentially don't listen to it Um, or listen to it with somebody with you that you can talk to um, and that you can have close by to support you. There's also many, many apps and many, many places that you can call such as Lifeline, Headspace, um, Beyond Blue, so many places that you can get help and support if you are experiencing mental health issues right now or suicidal thoughts at the moment. So Jumping straight in, I have set myself a little challenge this week. So yesterday I committed to doing the push-up challenge in June. So if you haven't heard of the push-up challenge, it's basically a challenge that you do over June where you do 3,318 push-ups in the 25 days of June. Now, the 3,318 is tragically the number of suicides that occurred in 2019 alone. Now that's a huge number, guys. Think about if you're in a conference or something like that with a couple thousand people or you're at an event with a couple thousand people. Actually take a moment to think about how many people that is, 3,318. That's a lot of people with families, with loved ones, with relatives that are affected by them not being in the world anymore. There's a lot of people with lives. There's a lot of people who are loved that just are gone. So uh, that's where this comes from. It's all about a push for better, a push for change, um, a push for raising awareness and also for raising funds. It's a big fundraiser. Now, you don't have to fundraise with the challenge. It can just be a challenge, a mental challenge that you set for yourself, Um, especially if you do struggle with mental health. Like this is a huge challenge for you. Um, But we are fundraising. 
So we are trying to make $2,000 in the next 25 days to put towards our nominated charity, which is Headspace. Now, I have personally used Headspace um, myself for meditations and it's a great app. Like, honestly, it's sort of targeted at people between the ages of 18 to 25. Um, It's very user-friendly, very sort of that generation app, um, smart tech, smartphone kind of savvy. So if you are somebody that struggles with mental health, I uh, 110% recommend you to download the app headspace because it is a great little source of support and uh, they send you little reminders every day little quotes things like that and you know it never you never really realize how much those little things can actually help you when you are feeling down or if you are feeling um not quite yourself and then you get a little a little um quote pop up which is quite nice and just sort of takes your mind off things for a moment. So basically, the uh, like I said, the challenge is all around raising awareness and raising funds for mental health in Australia. So who here has struggled with mental health? I'm guessing that a lot of people listening right now could say yes. Yes, I have. I know I personally struggled with mental health a lot growing up. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when I was two years old. Um, Basically, my mum got me out of my cot one day and instead of walking, I just fell over. I just couldn't walk. I had no use of my legs at all. Now, up until that point, I was actually a very... um, I suppose a very good baby from what I've been told. I would sleep a lot. I was a very, very good sleeper, but I was very clingy. I always liked to be like with mom. I always liked to be held by mom. I didn't like being put down, um, which I suppose makes quite a lot of sense um, once they diagnosed me with arthritis. Um, so from what I'm aware, it was in my hips, it was in my knees and it was in my ankles. Um, and as I did grow up and get a little bit older. It kind of bounced around a little bit, but it settled in my knees. Um, And to this day, I still have it. Um, I still do struggle with it on the daily. I, uh, growing up, spent a lot of time in Westmead Children's Hospital in at Randwick. I have absolutely nothing but the highest regard and wonderful things to say about growing up in Westmead Children's Hospital. The uh, doctors there, um, absolutely amazing. The nurses, they're absolutely amazing. The receptionists, they're absolutely incredible people. I was personally um, very, very lucky to uh, see Dr. Chato, who I believe now is actually the head of the rheumatology department over there. So I would actually love to go back one day and, and say hello to him and thank him for everything that he did for me as a child. But I remember like I had to get out of school all the time. There were days where I didn't go to school at all. Um, and mum and dad would, would take me over to Westmead Children's Hospital. I would wait in the waiting room until the doctors were free and then I'd go in and Dr. Chato would come in and have a chat to me and then he would ask if it was okay for him to bring all of his um, interns in. So he'd usually come in with a group of 10 to 12 interns who were eager to learn and uh, they would uh, obviously talk about my case and then they would um, feel my knees and measure the movements that I had in my knees and everything like that. 
and uh, then uh, I would go home with new medications or a new plan of attack, um, physio, things like that. And quite a lot of the time I would actually stay and get cortisone injections in my knees. Now, if you've ever had a cortisone injection, you know that they fucking hurt. (laughs) They are not the most pleasant things in the world to have. And uh, usually when I was getting a cortisone injection, it was because I actually couldn't move. Like I was literally unable to walk because my knees would fill up with fluid and just stop moving. Um, So they would actually usually drain the... uh, I think it's called synovial fluid, I believe, but I may be wrong. But essentially it's like this yellow liquid out of my knee. And sometimes I'd be up to like 50 mils to 100 mils of it. So you can imagine if you squirted like 100 mils of something into your kneecap right now, it probably wouldn't work very well. So I struggled growing up with that. And as a result of that, I spent a lot of time um, at physio at Sutherland Hospital, seeing a beautiful physio lady there. I can't remember her name because I was quite young, but she actually used to make these little molds for my knees and they would go from my, um, like the top of my thighs down to my ankles and she would mold them around my legs while they were straight and then they would put like straps onto them. So there would be three straps, one at the top, one over my knee and one around my ankle. And I had to wear these for quite a long time actually. I started off having to wear them every single day. Um, So I had to be in them 24 hours because they had to train my legs to essentially grow straight and not grow, um, I suppose, bent with the arthritis. And then I ended up having to wear them just over nighttime. So you can imagine when you go to sleep, you like, like some people like to sleep straight. I can tell you right now, I don't think I've slept straight like that ever since I was able to not wear those braces anymore. Like growing up and having to sleep with your legs straight in these braces that were literally like cutting into you was the most annoying thing in the friggin' world. And bullying, like I got bullied so much because of it. I got bullied all the way through primary school. I remember there was a day where I was sitting, eating lunch by myself and all of a sudden all of the girls in my grade, like literally 95% of the girls in my grade were walking around on like, like wobbling their legs around and calling me wobbly knees because like I couldn't play sports and I'd been in and out of the hospital getting cortisone injections and checkups and things like that. And I remember I left. I just left. I just got my shit and I walked straight out and I got yelled at for it by my mother. Thanks, mom. <laughs> but I did. I, I was just like, no, I'm done. I'm so done. I don't even want to come back. And it took a lot of arguing at home for me to go back to school the next day. But You know, I went and I showed up and got through high school. And it's really funny, actually, because now I see some of those girls who bullied me like that in primary school. And I'm sure that they have no idea. Like, I'm sure that they don't remember. But you never forget that. And you never like you can forgive people for treating you like that. But you will never forget that. So for anyone who might not be treating anyone with kindness and love at the moment, maybe you should because they will never forget that. They may forgive you, but they won't forget. So I I really struggled. I struggled with mental health. Um, 
there were times where I honestly thought about ending my life and that's, um, oh gosh, I said I wouldn't cry on this episode, damn it. That is a very hard thing for me to admit because I've never um, admitted that to my family, um, that there were times where I honestly thought about ending my life and I honestly thought about the ways that I could do that um, quite a lot. And, um, oh, goodness, it's definitely the microphone, guys. <laughs> and uh, it was a real mental struggle to get through those thoughts without acting on them and I was really 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 lucky that I grew up in such a beautiful loving home and with amazing parents um, who loved me so much that that was the reason that I never did that I couldn't imagine leaving my parents to not having a daughter I just couldn't do that to them so I did I pushed through I pushed through quite a lot And I'm sure that quite a lot of you guys that are listening right now can probably relate to this on one form or another, whether you've been bullied, whether you've dealt with, um, whether you've dealt with mental health issues, whether you've dealt with suicidal thoughts in the past, um, whether you still, whether you still deal with mental health or depression or anxiety. Um, It's actually something that is so prevalent in Australia and I don't think that there's enough support out there for people at all. And I also think that a lot of people aren't willing to open up and ask for help and ask for support. There's so many of us that are um, scared to seem like we might be weak or that people will think that we're seeking attention. Um, And that's just not true, guys. Like, if you're not feeling okay, you can talk to somebody, whether it be somebody that you love, whether it be a best friend, whether it be a mother or a father or a brother or a sister, whether it be someone on the Headspace app or someone on Lifeline, there is always somebody to talk to. And somebody who loves you is never going to judge you. They're never going to ask you. They're never going to assume that you're making this up for attention or they're just going to be there for you. And that's the most important thing that I've learned is that the people in my life are always going to be there for me and they're always going to help me and they're always going to support me. Um, And all I have to do is ask for that help and ask for that support. So I looked up some of the statistics in Australia and this was actually really, really shocking. So one in 10 Australians will consider ending their life. Over a lifetime, 13% of Australians between the ages of 16 to 85 will seriously consider suicide. 4% of those people will make a plan. 3% of those people will make an attempt on their life. One in five people will experience mental ill health this year. And only 40% of those people will seek help. That's less than half less than half of those people will actually seek out help and support. So you think about the other half of those people who are dealing with this in and out on a daily basis. 
I know I know friends who deal with mental health issues and depression. I have personally been affected by people who have committed suicide in my life. And as somebody who is left behind, I suppose, you just never really forgive yourself. You never really, you always are thinking like, oh, I could I have helped? Could I have done this? Could I have noticed this little change in them? There's um, always those questions that come with, with losing someone in that kind of way that you put on yourself. And um, so I think the uh, push-ups, the push for change and the push-up challenge is such an important thing. And to some people, it's probably like, oh, you're doing push-ups for mental health. That seems a little bit random. But doing that many push-ups in a day is such a mental battle. Like if you really think about the things that you do day in and day out, how many days do you actually push yourself to be the absolute best version of yourself and actually get things done? I know I personally, up until this point, I feel like I've been just gliding through life and not really giving it 110%. And even just yesterday doing 142 push-ups, I was freaking wrecked. I pushed through those last 30 push-ups last night at 10 o'clock and it was literally just determination and grit and me just saying to myself, you know what, you've committed to this. This is like your word is your bond. There are people that know that you've committed to this. And if you don't do this, you are letting those people down. There are people out there who are suffering with mental health issues. There are people out there who are contemplating suicide. And if you don't do this last 30 push-ups, you are letting those people down. And so I pushed through and I fucking did it. Like I'm so sore today. I can't move my arms and I have to do 180 push-ups again today. But I'm going to do it because, you know, it may just be a push-up to somebody, but to somebody else it could change their life. And so we have basically decided that we're going to try to raise $2,000 this month. Um, We do have a team. So if anybody would like to jump into this team and just challenge yourself with this, then you are more than welcome to jump into it. Um, uh, Our group is called Get It Gang. And the code to join is GALS, G-A-L-S. So if you do want to jump in, you can find us on their website and you can jump into our team and you are more than welcome to come along um, for the journey. Feel free to add us on Facebook or anything like that. (laughs) We can support each other. But I think the main purpose of this episode is really just to highlight that bullying does occur. Bullying is something that still occurs. It's just changed how it happens. So when I was growing up, bullying was very face-to-face in school, outside of school. Um, But now everything is on social media. So everyone's lives are on social media during schooling hours, outside of schooling hours. People who are going to bully you have access to you 24-7 to bully you. And they can do that from behind a screen. They can do that from behind a computer screen or behind a ho- behind a phone while they're tucked into bed at night, and uh, it's very hard for you not to see that and not to have have that have access to you twenty four seven. So it's completely and totally different these days, and I really feel for kids um, growing up because 
99% of children from the age of like 12 seem to have a mobile phone these days and seem to be on social media in some way, shape or form um, and are being exposed to bullying at such a young age um, and around the clock and that would really take a huge mental effect on them. So it's really important to, if you do have children, to limit their time that they spend on social media or even, I don't know if it's possible to do this, but even to um, be like flagging their social media messages and things like that, which I know may seem like such a huge, um, what's the word, such a huge invasion of privacy. But if you have a 12-year-old with a phone and access to Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram and uh, you don't know who's messaging them, that's terrifying. They could be getting messages at midnight telling them that they're a crappy person and you just wouldn't have any idea. You wouldn't know. So I think it's really important. There's, There's definitely an age where you should still be monitoring those kind of interactions. That's um, it's definitely something that I'm going to do for my children one day or I feel like I'm just not going to give them a phone until they're literally catching public transport on their own and they need it for emergency situations. <laughs> um, but, yeah, mental health, it's, it's so important. Um, uh, I'm sure that so many of you guys would have stories like mine that – that you had growing up, um, experiences that you had growing up, maybe that you're still having now. I really hope not. I really hope that nobody listening to this is going through any of those kind of experiences or feelings or um, sadness. Um, So I just really want to send everybody listening to this episode some love and let you know that you are so important and you are so loved and you are a beautiful person and you do matter and your life is so important. Your presence on this earth is not an accident. You were dropped here at this time and place because you have a purpose here. You are here to create impact and to change the world in your own unique, special way. And you should never, ever let anybody else tell you otherwise. You are important. You are special. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. So I hope that you have all taken something away from today's episode. And uh, I will be completing my push-ups over the next, um, what are we? I think we're 22 days down. We're 22 days now. So today I will be completing 180 push-ups. And tomorrow I'll be completing 140 push-ups. And each day after that, I will be completing those push-ups. And I will be doing that for every single person that has experienced any form of mental health issue. 
And so if you guys would like to donate, I will pop the link below to donate and you guys can hopefully help us reach our goal of 2000 people to do of $2,000 to donate to Headspace, which will be able to serve so many people and potentially save a lot of lives. So I'll pop that in the bio below for you if you do want to donate. Otherwise, I would absolutely love it for you guys to send some strong healing vibes my way. Um, I'm definitely going to need strength over the next 22 days, mental strength and physical strength to complete this challenge. But it's done. I am honoring my word. My word is my bond. It is done. It is done. It is done. And I'll see you guys on the next episode with an update. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you got some value or just enjoyed listening along, I would love for you to take a screenshot and tag me on your Instagram stories. That's where I hang out the most. I'll be bringing to you every week more value, mindset, and helpful tips and tricks on how you can live a life more authentically you. I am all about inspiring, empowering, and motivating females all around the world to live a life true to themselves. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would love for you to pop a comment on iTunes and help me get this out into the big, beautiful world. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you on the next episode.